0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in again to the MOVE Podcast. I am Scotty Carlisle, and today, guess what? We have a special guest.
1: (laughs) The whole concept for MOVE is M, make a difference. Oh, to offer up your talent, and gifts. And B, there's victory in the small things, and E, to encourage others. And so I started
0: to move. I, and I say that because I always say we have a special guest, because if you weren't special, you wouldn't be on the show. But extra special. I, I'm going to have to figure out different ways of saying how special these guests are. But this person... Ernie Beckham, he has been a very close friend to me for a long time. we worked together and uh, shared some pretty crazy stories. Some stories we can talk about, others we can't. Better off not talking about. <laughs> but I wanted Ernie on the show so he can talk about a situation that he's recently been in. And the whole point of this show, guys, is people that have overcome certain adversity and they are doing things to adjust and to deal with some of the curveballs that life has been throwing at them. And because I know Ernie personally, I have been there throughout the whole so, throughout the whole story of things happening and I understand and my, that's why I want to talk about my messy life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? we all have our little situations, right? Yeah. But so but Uh,
1: it's funny because you came into my life when everybody else was saying he's out to lunch. (laughs) And I brought you in to handle a bunch of stuff when I was out to lunch. I was making lunch. when. So I was several years of I was at lunch for a few years, (laughs) I think. (laughs) But uh, but all good. Yeah, we've 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 been and seen and felt and
0: we've dealt with a lot. You might say we've been growing together. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Growing I, old real quick. Yeah. What, what's up with that, man? What it's you like? What? It's,
1: boom. It's, it's whatever. I mean, you know, I still feel
0: I feel young. You know, probably because I'm immature. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works, but, man. Who am I to say anything but, different? You know, you know me. I try to be. Uh,
1: I try to be happy, go lucky, but it, it's not
0: always like that. You know so introduce yourself so where do you come from what do you do like for people that are listening to this driving to work who who's Ernie Beckham oh man there's so much I can't say <laughs> <laughs> but
1: uh you know just uh I, I don't know I feel like I'm like you know the story of so many people you know that don't get to tell it to be honest with you
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you know started out a street kid and the american dream kind of evolves into my life and uh you just kind of grin and bear it all the way through and pretend everything's perfect you know sometimes
0: how'd you get started what and what kind of work do you do so shows and events basically you know started out as a
1: you know grunt worker basically and uh threw on a suit one day and I have some, you know, basically incredible, incredible people that I feel God put in my life to kind of guide me through it because I was uh, basically going nowhere, you know, and and uh, shoot, I'll start with the guy that gave me my first job. Well, my first job, it was kind of, a, you know, lugging old TVs with the old test tubes and and, you know, hopping in a van and going to pick up a TV, and, uh, you know, nice house in Newport Beach, and bringing it back to a shop. And I think that job lasted about two months until I bought a car and I was mobile. And <laughs> so, but my first real job was a, a honestly, a, a good Christian guy that left a huge impact on my life. And he had a little detailing business in Newport Beach what do you mean he left an impact in your life yeah he life? left an impact on my life because at the time um i was coming out of a really ugly place in my life how old were you troubled teen okay well, teen. What, probably 17. Mm-hmm. you know and i come from a you know i have a dad that was a good christian man that just always 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 loved us and did the best he could you know but, uh, you know, I feel that, uh, I feel like my dad was a broken man, you know. He got divorced, I was, you know, the kids were in the middle of it. Hmm. Um, Mom kind of went and lived his own, her own life, and, and he just kind of stayed there. So, um, but really, I mean, you know, looking back at it, my dad was, you know, lived his life for his kids, you know, and, uh, very depressed, hmm. you know, he was, he was a depressed man and, and, uh, a broken man, just trying to hold it together for and, the kids. And, uh, but he, he did the best he could to keep it together for his kids. So I was kind of a wild one out of, out of three brothers and, uh, you know, hit the streets running, hmm. you know? Got into some trouble, and uh, uh, so I go back to the guy that gave me my first job. Walked in there and said, "I need a job. I've been in some trouble." Hmm. He was like, "I appreciate your honesty. Can you start tomorrow?"
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Which which was pretty cool, you know. It was just a little detail shop in Newport Beach. I wasn't even eighteen yet. Um, and then you know I just kind of bounced around in the car business and. Dabbled in a lot of things, a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of bad things. Um, but the one thing that I always had from my dad is my dad was a man of faith, and he instilled that in us from young, from the, from young, from a young age, you know. Hmm. So, and and his faith was the his faith in his sons is what he had. That's what he lived his whole life for. So, interesting. You know, I had to venture out and look
0: outside of that. You know, so. Well, you were figuring it out. You're a teenager trying had, to find your identity. Had, had to figure it out. Had to figure it out. So.
1: So I go back to the guy that gave me my first job. Just a good guy. He was also a good Christian man. I think I found him in a Christian. Uh, a Christian yellow pages or something. It was interesting, we found him. Hey, I could detail cars, and he, and he gave me my first job. And to this day, we're great friends. Uh, I haven't talked to him a whole lot lately, and, and, but uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's, you know,
0: he's shown me a lot.
1: Mostly what, he was, he was uh, you know, he was educated in business.
0: You know? Well, what specifically, how did he make, when you say he made a big impact, in what way? You know, all the
1: chances he gave me, I think. Ah. All the chances he gave
0: me. All
1: the things I did, and he always gave me a chance. Hmm. You know? And to the point where, uh, you know, as his business grew and it became a national business, and he, uh, you know, Fortune 500 companies were the clients, and never had any problems with that. But uh, I was kind of a wild one, you know? <laughs> and he was the one guy that one day, he's just like, man, I love you, I'd do anything for you, but me defending you all the time is creating issues all around with everybody else that has to do with my business. So, you know, trying, trying to get me line? a job and everything else. and then I evolved, I evolved into other jobs. Always cool stuff, always cool stuff, high energy, high you know automotive you know car commercials uh, building cars, building three four million dollar cars for for a great family in orange county that that uh, also gave me a second chance at some point, <laughs> you know so. Basically a street kid that that got a lot of chances,
0: you know? So, and how has that evolved to where you are today? Then what was the, what was the next step?
1: Ah, you know, the next step was, you know, I started my own business. I threw on a suit one day and I looked like I was wearing my dad's suit or playing dress up and talked to uh, what's become one of the people I love most in this world. And, uh, and he gave me an opportunity and kind of guided me through it and, uh, and got behind me and uh, uh, still great friends. Like I said, one of my best friends. I love him dearly. And, uh, and he gave me an opportunity and basically started me in business. Basically held my hand until I got to the point where, all right, I'm directly dealing with Fortune 500 companies and and just always guided me through it. Just always a positive spirit in my Hey, life.
0: you should look out for this. Hey, this is what's going to happen and this is what yeah, you Yeah, do don't to...
1: worry about it. Don't worry about yeah. it. Just, you know what? That client there, just pee on his leg and give him that warm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Funny guy. might
0: be an interesting situation depending on how uh. you take that advice. <laughs>
1: You know, but uh you know, just always always funny, always very, very quick, witty. Uh I, I, one of my most loved people in the world. Lou, if you ever see this. Yeah. You know I love you. <laughs> um
0: yeah. yeah. Just always supported me and behind me. So And then you started doing shows and jobs on your own dealing with the fortune 500 companies and it's shows and events right yeah, so yeah. you would build these big displays right for
1: yeah you know
0: so and pretty interesting you know at the time when i started
1: out married you know um you know it's pretty funny because i was making bank i was making a lot of money you know a lot of people are like eh, you know the money doesn't seem to change you. You know, you worked with me. (laughs) It was never about the money. Never. You know, if I was going to do something cool, I'd do it for free. Or at least have it pay for itself. That
0: sounds familiar for some reason. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, But, uh, you know, it did very well, you know. And I just take it back to all the people that supported me and gave me all those second, third, fourth, fifth, (laughs) Mm -hmm. eleventh chances, you know. So, um, well, so and, interesting, you know, it, the, it, it, it's, it, it hasn't been a cakewalk the whole way. I mean, it's always been a struggle and, you know, my kids, divorce, you
0: know, it's just, it's just always been a struggle. So, uh, interesting. Well, unfortunately, when you're doing those shows and events for these big Fortune 500 companies, it's not like you're doing them all in your backyard. So you have to travel the different spots in the country and hey how do you spend- know
1: when I started I was doing them in my backyard so it was funny you know I was, I was playing around with displays I was making money I spent some money on some uh, aluminum truss I would literally by myself put up a 20 foot in the air structure I went Home Depot and bought some pulleys and and I would put together displays in the backyard by myself till midnight one o'clock in the morning kept that stuff in the garage i started in my garage so you know so yeah in my backyard by myself putting things together you know take a picture hey i'm gonna do this for you and there's a there's a lot of people that just gave me the opportunities It got to the point where clients just trusted me ah we don't he's gonna do something cool you know
0: Big smile, high energy, just always, just always. Uh, and exceeding expectations, they would expect this, and you would bring this. I, I would this take wife. it to the next
1: level. Yeah, whether I've seen
0: that personally, so 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 uh, you know, like I said, it was never about the money.
1: It was I was doing what I was passionate about. You know, yeah. this there's, there's And with those opportunities, it 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 it. Uh, you know, we'll get to the point. I suffer from depression. I always have. You know, when I first got married, you know, I was diagnosed with severe depression. And um, and my work has been something that's been able to make me happy, take me out of that, you know? Maybe
0: hide behind at some point. So... Hmm. You started to discuss depression and you were you know for people that don't understand the event industry especially so yes when you started out you were in your backyard but as you grow there are forces that pull you away from your backyard and unfortunately when you're dealing with when you have a family right and you also have to balance and this is relevant to a lot of people out there and you have to balance your family life with also going and getting this job done right so you can pay the bills it you know it becomes a struggle sometimes no it's an absolute struggle you know and i think some of the balance
1: is where i fell short you know because i could just bury myself at work you know and feel like feel like my value is in my work you know my pride my my proud proudness of it, of it all um you know come up with an idea that nobody's ever come up with. It's just kind of way out there and to execute it no matter what, you know, to have an idea and then, and have it so far out there and just be driven to to execute that idea and and put numbers to it. You know, I'm gonna do this, 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 and this and, and let me see, I'm gonna charge you this much, you know
0: the money a lot of times didn't work out but the end result was always amazing well that's why that is why i worked with you like i did because i always want to work with somebody that i feel like i can learn from and i remember there was a situation where somebody we were looking at something and like wow what's your idea and i looked at something and I, I thought i had a good idea for whatever we was asking for and then then you chimed in and completely went 15 times farther than I was thinking. And I was like, whoa, "Whoa, okay, Masa, teach me, you know? So that's what really drew me to want to work with you because I knew that I could learn. And I have learned a ton of shit from you um, seeing how you address different problems and the creativity and bringing, bringing different facets of your imagination together to make something happen. So, right. So it's been...
1: And all without any
0: communication skills and everything else. So it's, it's, it's you know, I mean,
1: I think it's pretty cool. I, I'm proud of a lot of the things I've done. Um, you know, but right now, you know, post-COVID, you know, you start looking hard.
0: Where where was all the balance in all that, you know? In your, in your previous existence, you mean, as right, far as right. working your business
1: so so I mean let's talk about COVID let's talk about
0: how it how it how it affects
1: everybody Mm -hmm. you know the politics behind it no matter what side you're on where does it come from so and so didn't do enough man these guys are making too much of a big deal about it and everything else but and 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 no matter what side you're on
0: we all get caught up in the wash of it yeah you know, right? Because we all have our own opinions, so, our own experiences that we so, draw on.
1: So you take a guy that just buries everything bad in his life, and you take
0: that away from him. Now you're forced to deal. Now straight you, up. Now you have some open wounds that you have to deal with. Mm, interesting.
1: You know, um, and, uh, and I guess that's that's what gets me to this point talking about it you know um you know everybody likes to go to Robin Williams you know funny guy life is perfect all the money in the world what happened you know I go to a great friend of mine that worked with me for shit I worked with him for 30 years you know Bill you know what happened. You know, and um, and I think for a lot of people that are built different. You know, everybody's brains are different. Everybody's, you know, um, you could get into a pretty dark place.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. So you obviously. So
1: so you know it brings us here, yes. and that's the only reason I agreed to talk about it. Because I know there's a, I've been to that dark place, you know, and, uh, and I've been dealing with going into those dark places for a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. so, and I know it, and I know that my mind can take me to a dark place, you know, and a lot of times it's not real easy to reach out
0: to friends. Or, or to different people when when you go there, so you know? how do you get out of there is the question, and how often does it happen you know it's it, it
1: for me it's happened off and on for as long as I can remember you know so you take it back up. I'm a gun lover, gun owner, you know sometimes and, and I recognize that I could go to a dark place, you know? I recognize, I'll take a box and say, hey, uh, hold on to this, I'm not feeling good right now. Mm, You know? And and, uh, because getting to that dark place scares me, because I witnessed it firsthand, Mm -hmm. you know? I witnessed it firsthand and I had my friend's blood on my hands when he went to that dark place and, and took it all away. So um but it doesn't have to be, you know. Yeah, it really doesn't have to be that way, you know? Reach out to somebody, reach out to a friend, shit, call me. You know? I've been there, I could understand that.
0: We'll put your information. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's this is an
1: interesting conversation. It is. It is because I'm very, you know, I don't know. Take how many years of social media where you know, you got fake book. Mm -hmm. You put on that smile. Family's great. Everything's great. You know. And uh, and in reality, it's not a lot of case. lot of people that that put that out there. And the reality is, is,
0: you know, there's some there's some bad shit going on in their lives, you know. Yep. So, so, so now, I think there are a lot of people out there that can relate. I understand. Oh, I know. There's a lot of people that can relate. I deal with
1: them, you know. I I mean, I could. I see it sometimes, you know. I see it sometimes. Just in the way they communicate with you, or you know, there's there's the whole stigma of mental illness, and you know, it was interesting. I was uh, talking to an old friend that I haven't talked to since grammar school, and he's got some serious mental illness, you know. Um, just posting, you know, I reach out to him and kind of said, "Hey, what's up with you?" You know, I pick up bits and pieces, and uh, and he just goes off in this tangent that I can't even understand. I mean, I I literally had to block him because he spent the full day talking about uh, you know royal families and and just really it really reminded me of. What was that movie where the guy was writing numbers all the time? Oh, with de- uh, um, uh, Rain Man. No, no. no Not no, no, Rain no, no. Man. No, he was Dustin writing Hoffman? he was writing numbers on a on a chalkboard all the time.
0: 23.
1: No, it wasn't 23. Something mind.
0: Beautiful mind? Was it a beautiful mind? I think so. I that's another one with somebody that Yeah, where the
1: guy was just writing numbers all the time and and that's that's his own uh,
0: language kind of Right,
1: but it was in his head. Was, was he really I don't, I don't really quite remember the, the movie, but was it just all random numbers I mean, He was always like I remember in the movie, he's just writing numbers and numbers and numbers from on, on a huge university chalkboard, and he's just putting numbers thinking he's actually doing something. I don't remember if he was actually doing something or if those numbers meant anything, <laughs> or, or what the final thing. I don't remember that, but it felt like this guy does. So, so that's another level that's another level you know so you know you got depression you have anxiety you have a lot of these other things that that people could overcome you know and i I think a lot of it is just knowing you have it so you can deal with it you know being aware of it being aware of it and and so that's something that that and i thank god because it's 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 probably saved my life, that I am aware of it. What are signs? And, and I know.
0: What are signs? I mean, you know, the typical signs.
1: You don't want to be around people. You start isolating yourself, you know? When you do go out, hey, what's a Happy-go-lucky, but on the inside, you're like, I'm out of here, you know? So, you know, and, and it's interesting. And I have faith. I'm a Christian man, you know. I believe in God. I try to live by... 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 what God expects of us. How I know it. You know, the Bible. You know, I believe in being saved. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in... in in the power of the word of the Bible. You know. Mm -hmm. And... And that, that, I mean, that'll take us into another, another deal, you know, because that's always something that I've, I've been able to fall back on. Do I live that way all the time? You know, I like to go out and, you know, party and, and, you know, I say, you know, and I, and I remember um, after many years, you know, my dad used to take us to church and stuff. And then when I had a family, I started going to church uh, locally, Pastor Jim, New Beginnings Church you know and and I'm a smoker I've been a smoker for a long time um, and and I remember Pastor Jimmy says, "You know, you're not gonna go to hell for smoking. you're just gonna smell like you've been there <laughs> so um so uh you know but but that's always been a, you know, I don't want to call it a crutch, you know, because I kind of come and go with what they may call backslide and, mm-hmm. but, you know, my faith is always in my mind, you know. It's like you're safe. We're all, we're all, you know, I'm saved, you know, I know I'm a sinner, you know, um, you know it's just life, you work your way through it, you know believe i'm forgiven for you know what i do outside of the guidelines of of my faith
0: you know because i always i always find a point where where i come back you know Mm -hmm. so it's almost that that is the creative spirit that's inside of you because creativity is expanding borders it is going past above and beyond and so part of the Process of you of being a creative individual, you're always going to seek to, <clears throat> yeah, you, expand borders. I, that's something I. You see. know, you
1: could you could sit here and, and, and try to analyze it and and compare it to other things, but it's it's basically, you know. Basically, you have heaven and hell. Where are you gonna go? You know. Yeah. So, so do you believe? Do you accept? What the Bible tells you, that that Jesus came and died for all the bad stuff we do, and that we're forgiven, and that you could you know, not purposely go out and do all the bad stuff, but when you realize, hey, psh, this isn't cool, you could always wash your hands. Wash your hands and know that, you know, thousands of years ago, that you you were redeemed by by the blood of Christ, you know. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to become. Right. A, I'm not gonna become a preacher here because,
0: you know. Well, well. Listen, as a matter of fact, I may even just take a sip of my beer. <laughs> Am I gonna to go to hell for this? I doubt it. You know. Look, we all have our own issues and our ways of dealing with life. And how we deal with and it. Unknows. Right. Because at the end of so, the day, neither of us know shit, and we're trying to. We make don't know, but in my belief, in learn. my
1: belief, you have heaven and hell. Yes. You know what I know
0: about heaven and what I know about hell do I want to take that chance. Right. I obviously you always want to go to heaven. <laughs> you know, just not today, right? That's the I'm, that's the Yeah. Thing.
1: So <laughs> So it's interesting. So it's interesting, you know. So which uh and let me see. How did I get sidetracked on this? So, okay. So you so you start battling, you're battling with things in your head. Depression. Going to a real dark place, you know. And and so, and so you have your faith, you know. Okay, so what does your faith tell? You? Faith tell you. Be around Christians. Read your Bible. Pray. You know, get in the Word. Um, I found myself in an interesting place since COVID. So, so we have you're COVID. Seeking, you're you seeking. have COVID. I can't work. You know. Made all kinds of big moves in my life because of COVID. And, and falling into that dark place. So I go out and I start going, going after what I know. You know, by faith. Go to church, you know, be around people of, of like mind. You know, try to open my Bible. You know, try to find some inspiration in that. Quite frankly, you know, when you you get to a place where... You just want to be alone. You don't want to talk to friends. You, know, you go to that dark place. And what's typically been able to get me out of that dark place... Gone. I have no interest in it. You know? I'm going to church and I'm like the hell am I doing here you know I'm not feeling it. And, and church is always something that's been able to to pull me out you know and and this time is different open my Bible I was like hmm. you know and, and call it what you will but it's just your mind takes you there you know takes you to that place and it took me to a, a level you know, to a depth of that place where um, not even that's going to help me,
0: you know? Um, so, pretty and, interesting. And so we're, we're here talking because you experimented with something that not a lot of people have heard about. Right. To deal with right the emotions so, that you were dealing with. So,
1: okay, so my faith has told me Pharmacia, pharmaceuticals, drugs, whatnot. I, I got to the point where I was reading, you know, man, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong with me. You know, my life is literally perfect. I have beautiful friends. I have beautiful family. I'm not hurting in any way. Why do I feel like this? What the heck is going on? What is going on in my head? Because I see how blessed I am. You know? Everything I have, everything's perfect. Why am I feeling that I'm in this dark place? You know, so you start you start looking at things. And uh, you know, I was looking at uh, psilocybin mushrooms. And start reading about how people um we're doing like microdosing and stuff. All that stuff scares the hell out of me. Mhm. You know, I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of where psychedelics can take my mind, right? You know. And uh and it's and it's against everything I believe as far as as my faith. Mm-hmm. You know. So kept researching, kept researching. I actually went out i I picked up some mushrooms, and uh, yeah, I had mentioned that to you. Mm-hmm. you know, I have a couple of friends how oh, you know, you want to come over and do them. We'll take care of you. And it was just something that yeah so I started looking around and uh, and I saw what they call ketamine therapy, you know, and how it's in a controlled environment. You have doctors and nurses there. And uh, and I was reading about how the stigma of ketamine, um, and because it's a it's an old cheap drug, you know, everybody, special K, everybody uses them to party with, and, and everything else. What was the word used? K-hold.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> uh, I go out and get k hole. <laughs> Uh, but this was a little different because it was under doctor's supervision.
0: That's interesting, huh?
1: So, very interesting. Ha. So, wasn't cheap. The cable. I, I signed up. I signed up. So, basically talked to somebody and they're like, works for a lot of people. And for some, it doesn't.
0: Talk me this, through at, that process. What is ketamine the, therapy?
1: At this point, I'm desperate for something.
0: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... So what do how, how is it administered? What is the process? So
1: basically, in talking to them, they're like, okay, so this is basically 14 days. Uh, we do six therapy sessions. You come in. We place an IV in your arm. We have you hooked up to all the monitors. And, um, and we administer ketamine. For how long?
0: For about an hour. 40 minutes, and then they, then you come out of it. And what was the first time, what was it like when you so the got the dose? The first time what they do
1: is they um, they give you half a dose. They go by your weight and, and how much ketamine they put into an IV bag with liquids, you know, um, and they they give you half a dose just to make sure you do well
0: with it. Talk about scared to death, <laughs> you know. I can imagine you're walking into a clear, like some type of a right. sanitized environment. Right. And they're yeah, hooking it, you up to it, an it, IV and giving it, you drugs. It, right. Pretty much. Pretty
1: much. <laughs> so it was interesting. And then, of course, I had all the questions, you know. You know, I had all the questions. That I, you know, what if, what if I just go into a really bad place? And I see something in my mind that scares the hell out of me and I react to it physically You know good question what they say, you know, if I see the devil Can I have a heart attack? and um, And she was like no because we're not administering we're giving you just enough to where your mind where you can pull yourself out of it you could go to a different place so she had explained it like clouds. There's clouds. You go and you see that cloud over there. and That cloud looks like it's a dark side, you move on to the next cloud.
0: So that's how she explained it. So. so was scared. your experience like that? Did Can you my relate to that now? My experience was
1: rooms in my head. Hmm. So
0: there was rooms in my head.
1: You know, different rooms. I didn't see all of them, you know. Now, the first time was, you know, like I said, half dose, so. Um you know, so it was interesting. And because of my faith basically I was looking for my faith room. I needed I, I needed to talk to God about what I was doing. You know? And and so they dripped it. They dripped it in, you know, they give you they give you some eye covers and, and some headphones with with some, you know, relaxing music on it and, um and I wasn't gonna have any of that. I'm just I'm just gonna sit here and see what it does. And um, and as the ketamine started taking effect, it was like okay. So I put the headphones on. I was like cool. Put the eye covers on. I I don't like the darkness, so I liked a little bit of light that was coming through my eyelids. And uh, and as it was taking effect, it just I I would and I was praying the whole time. God, don't let this be bad. As the drug took effect and I, and I could see that there's rooms in my mind, um, I want to go talk to God. Pretty much, hey, God, I'm desperate here. I want to feel better. I don't like the way I'm feeling. I don't like the where this is going. Um, is this cool? Did he talk back to you? Oh, yeah. What do you say? very not high not on any drugs or anything else um a solid solid this is going to be good you're okay and uh, and it's very interesting because you, you know you're you're talking about this and you're looking at this when you're under the influence of of Basically, I don't know if it's really a hallucinogen or, or, or what it is, but... Narcotic, right? Is it a narcotic? I don't know what it is. It's a ketamine. It's, you know, yeah. It's an old war drug is what it is that that people start partying with.
0: But tranquilizer? cat Tranquilizer? It's I, a
1: think tra- I think it's a, tra- a horse, tranquilizer horse tranquilizer or something, you know? Um, But I I left that room in my head at that point. It's funny because you can remember all this stuff. You don't lose any of the memory of interesting any anywhere you're going in your own head. So uh, you're
0: mapping out almost a new. So you're territory. mapping out. You're mapping out. You're mapping out.
1: Yeah, basically. So the first day I was I was mapping out. Oh, okay. So there's some childhood stuff here oh man I'm not going in that room that was a bad experience and and so 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 the first time I mapped it out now mind you this is half half a dose to see if you do well with it so I mapped it out it was a good experience you know I left there I'm feeling okay this is good God is cool with me dealing with it in this way um so, so it, was a, it was actually a pleasant experience, you know. So, of course, I got, you know, my best friend in life that we've been together, you know, friends forever, you know. Uh, you know, come and pick me up. Hey, how'd it go? You know, kind of had to hold my arm to walk me out of there and, and whatnot. So. Um, so at that point, I was pretty excited
0: to go in and, and start dealing with some stuff. So it gave you the confidence and... Yeah, yeah, so I felt good about it. And then the next session was when? How far, how much? So the next session was the next day. The very next day. Okay. Yeah, full dose. Were you able to sleep that night? Uh, no, I had a little anxiety, knowing
1: that I was going to get a full dose next time. You know, yeah. I mean, it was, it was cool. The half dose was pretty cool. Um, so I had a little anxiety. I still wasn't 100% comfortable with this, you know. You know you start trying to second guess what your brain is thinking and how you're processing things and whatnot. How was the full so, dose? the full dose? Well, everything I mapped out the day before, that was completely out the window <laughs> all right, so so on day two, after day one, after seeing rooms that I was going to be able to go in and address things in my life. Um, <laughs> with full dose, I was just out the window. Lots of sights and sounds and colors and... Oh, yeah? Know, like yeah. a kaleidoscope or what? You know, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. You know, you'd, you had to have been there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I never played with psychedelics growing up or anything, you know, so... Um,
0: yeah, it was just... Basically, you're going for a ride. You know, that's how it felt. Like your body was just yeah. You're just you're there, and,
1: and your head is all over the place. And, um, and as the music changed, you would shift to other places in your head, and, and it's not like you could really deal with anything. So it, it felt it really was not like the first day where you you know, you're in thought as you're doing this, you know, where I was in the mind to pray to God. And, and, and I do, I did notice that, you know, I prayed and, and, you know, during it, but it was uh, a little bit less control. So like, and, and, you know, the fear of the fear of all that at one point, I was able to, the first day, grab and I kind of opened my eyes and I looked at the monitor and I was checking my blood pressure and my pulse rate and, and everything on the monitor. And and I was able to say, okay, looked at it. Everything was like perfect. And, uh, I mean, the blood pressure was good. Everything was like awesome. And, and I had that comfort level and kind of went back down. So, you know, just kind of closed my eyes with my headphones on and, and, uh, and went through it. The second time, it took a little bit more willpower. Actually, a lot more willpower to open up and check to see how I was doing. And uh, and that was interesting. And it, and it was really hard to uh, for my eyes to focus on it. But I could see the bigger numbers. And I was doing good. Yeah. You know. um, that was the second day. That was the second day, yeah. It took a lot more to pull out of it. So I don't know. I, I, I guess, you know, and I don't know enough about it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an expert on this stuff. Um, but it took a lot more to pull out of it and and kind of just check myself, you know. And, uh, and at the end of that one, I was pretty wiped out. Pretty wiped out went back slept a lot um, and then you wait a day before you get your all right so after the second day there's a there's an open day um, I ended up going back to my friend's house falling asleep ate uh, I was getting sick on the way home and he pulled over and I kind of got out and didn't really couldn't get safe. ended up making it to his house slept and got to the point. You're not supposed to drive for 12 hours. I was probably there for eight, and I kind of wanted to wake up in my regular environment and um, and see how it went. So I ended up driving home. Probably shouldn't have, because uh, I, <laughs> I was not. I was still I was still pretty foggy, and uh, woke up in the middle of the night, sick as a dog. You know, nauseous, thrown up. Um, the, uh, the next day,
0: still a little foggy and, uh, still feeling a little bit sick. Did they tell you that that would be a symptom that you might be nauseous or no? So, uh, so it wasn't the greatest experience, you know,
1: It, it felt very intense. The whole, that whole session was intense and then the, the after effects of that was pretty intense. So, but the next day, uh, in a few conversations that I had, you know, after I had woke up, and um, conversations were good. Conversations with people that I talked to a lot. In you know, particular, a friend of mine that just always felt like something wrong, like, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're not jiving. You know, didn't even feel like we were friends. And that conversation was very flowed, felt good. I wasn't perceiving things that, that quite frankly, when I'm in the dark place, was probably perceiving and reacting to. I wasn't getting that, and so that was interesting. A, and, and then even with with you know a family member, um, that I wasn't. I wasn't perceiving any negativity, which I feel like when I'm in a dark when when I was in that dark place, I was perceiving negativity and maybe reacting to it in a negative way. So, in particular, my friend, uh, you know, basically calls it out, dude. What's up with you? You know, and I didn't get that. You know, it was it was just very the conversations flowed. It was uh, it was actually cool. You know, it was really encouraging that, okay. Something happened here. You yeah. know. And of course you're in thought with all of this. You know, you're trying to process everything the way you feel, the way you're feeling now. You're trying you're trying to process all this. Yeah. You know. And within that I'm thinking, okay, you know, my faith is always part of the thought process in it all, and am I doing the right thing? And you know, is it worth the money? It wasn't cheap. In fact, it was very expensive. You know, and not working for over a year now and everything else. It's just like, really, do I need to be testing this stuff out? And yeah, no kidding. And everything else. So, uh, so that was interesting. So, but all in all, after the first two sessions, um, I was encouraged on the day off. The third day I went back and, um, always anxiety of where it's going to go, where your mind is going to take you. Is it like a doctor's office that you go into? Yeah. Yeah, it's a doctor's office and, you know, medical equipment and, um, you know, nurses and doctors and so it's, uh, you know, you, you feel like you're in good hands at that point, but you still have the anxiety of where's your head going to take you. Yeah, so it was interesting. So, so the third day, which was a Thursday, so it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was off. Thursday went in, and I told the man I was wiped out. It was horrible, was puking everywhere, and and they're like, all right. So they they put in an anti nausea in with with the medicine, and they gave me a motion sickness for the ride I was about to take, <laughs> and um, it was much of the same, very, you know, lights, sights, sounds. Um, it's, it's hard to reflect back, but, I, you know, I know you, you know, I was thinking about things, you know. Um, much better, it was much better feeling afterwards with all the anti-nausea and the motion sickness bath and everything else. Um, interesting. So, um, so after that one, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and it was good. You noticed a change it in your good. attitude. Well, as a matter of fact, after after that Thursday, I was feeling better. Um, we picked up food. Hungry, super hungry after mm-hmm. after the session. You're super hungry, so. We stopped and got a nice pizza and went back. I had a couple pieces of pizza. And my friend, you know, here's a pillow. Here's the remote. Make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. You know, if you feel better later. We're gonna go out to eat. So, um, so we, uh, so I took a nap. Probably I don't know, four hours. I don't, I don't even remember how long I slept, but I slept pretty damn good on my homie's couch and uh, woke up, and it was uh, was my friend and his wife, and we decided we're going to go eat dinner at my daughter's work. And that was interesting. My daughter was very excited to see me. You look good. At some point, she's like, I haven't seen that light in your face since I was a little girl. And at that point, you know, I'm... An emotional wreck comes. I mean, the waterworks turn on, and I'm like, "Wow." Hmm. So, so feeling good, feeling good, and and you know, this is all encouraging,
0: you know. Yeah, how old so, your daughter? She's 32. So, your 32 year old daughter said that she hasn't seen that since she was a little girl. That's a big deal. Oh yeah, huge. That's, that's, um,
1: you know, so, so now I'm encouraged, you know, one thing they did say is they said that, you know, for a lot of people that this therapy doesn't work. Does absolutely nothing for them. Really. So on that Thursday, they're like, you're the one that really needs to take inventory to see if it's working. You know, if you don't feel like it's helping, then we don't want you to spend your money on it. You know so so they were pretty much call us on Monday. let us know what you want to do. So never called them on Monday. I just showed up. <laughs> so, so it was interesting, and then you just you know and then again. and then and then you know you still have all your your heavy real life issues that that don't go away. But they aren't as heavy, you know. You're looking at them a little different, you know. You know that, this, that at some point things are going to get better and everything else. So, hmm. you know, so finances, you haven't been working. You, you, you know, Your life is upside down. You know, you go from your passion of working every day and doing something and constantly trying to take things next level, and all of a sudden you can't do squat, you know. And you have no control of it. It's not by choice, you know. Um, and and so so it was interesting. So so the following Monday, um, my friend was working, and you know his kids have things to do and everything else. So I said, okay. So I'm gonna. Uh, I had reached out to a few people that uh, kind of let them know, hey, I may need a ride. I may need some help with this, and. Um, a couple of people, oh, yeah, just let me know, you know. Let me look at my schedule. I'll tell you if I could do it and whatnot. And you know, at that point, I don't want to bother anybody with it, you know. I, I mean, frankly, I was pissed about a couple of people didn't come forward and say, hey, I'll take you and whatever. So. so basically, I went and bought some fast food and left it in my truck, went there, parked my truck in the corner of the hospital and uh, went, did my thing. Pretended somebody was picking me up.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, they're downstairs. Do not try that at home, folks.
1: <laughs> kind of did a solo dance to the corner of the parking lot where my truck was. And ate my cold fast food. Hmm. And, uh, and I took a nap. I think I slept in my truck for three hours. Still wasn't comfortable driving, so I sat in my truck. Just kind of played the radio. Yeah, so. So I sat in my truck for about six hours before I uh, wow. took the roller coaster drive home. And by the way, jack-of-the-box, after a couple hours, don't eat it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, the following day, I bought a nice sandwich that was <clears throat> that was going to keep well. Anything that was going to make it soggy, they put it on the side for me.
0: And, uh, yeah ba sandwich did it get any worse did it get better the actual experience it,
1: the the experience of the the treatments um, got better I don't know if your your body becomes accustomed to the to the medicine mm-hmm. or what it was but it gets uh yeah it got better you know uh, the grogginess and the fogginess and the uh, didn't it didn't get worse. It seemed to last a little, little less time, you know, so. So I did Monday again, I did Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday was interesting Tuesday. I felt like I was a little more aware in my head, you know, um, saw things, saw memories that I didn't even remember that were not in the forefront of my mind that I hadn't thought about in years, maybe even forgot about them. that came up.
0: Bad things. Things that you need to address. Bad things,
1: yeah. And, you know, like the first day I knew there was going to be things, you know, and, and, you know, with the half dose, you, you know, you think you're going to be able to go in there and address things and deal with them um, you know and you know you hear about suppressed memories and suppressed feelings and and whatnot and and it was interesting because the memories came came to light in whatever you want to call it in my trip memories that that I thought I didn't have anymore and you I reflect back on it and You know, and those memories like they were yesterday. Okay, yeah, that happened. Whatever. You know, takes the bite off. I guess it takes the bite off. You know, yeah, that happened. I'm still here. I'm good. I'm happy. I'm, you know, bad shit happens. Okay. You know, I mean, they're not. They're in the forefront again. They're not suppressed. Do I need to deal with them? it happened your, your life experiences are is what makes you you know do I do I need to deal with them or
0: diagnose them or, or you know maybe it was bringing it to the Just, forefront of the awareness because it was affecting you in ways that you weren't that you didn't know and well, by yeah, being aware I mean, of
1: yeah, it yeah but I mean it brings it to the forefront have I dealt with it no it happened right you know and, it, and it's just, it's, it becomes whatever, you know, which I, which I find very interesting because these were, were feelings and experiences that I had completely forgotten. Completely. Like I didn't remember them and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah. And some of these memories go back pretty far.
0: Mm. They go back pretty far. Like prepubescent so. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Um, So, there's so many different directions we can go right now. Yeah. All very interesting. (laughs) And
1: and with that, you know, it's funny because you know I'll go back to my faith. Um, At some point, I saw a lot of. Um. And or remembered a lot of the things that my pastor used to tell me, you know? And I feel like on that day, that experience was, was a lot of advice that I had gotten from my pastor, which I call my home pastor. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't talk to him a whole lot anymore or whatever, but... You know, he was uh, part of my life. That that you know, he's just always been there. He's still there. You know, I mean, I had I had uh, you know, my good friend committed suicide at the office. You know, um, I called him. He was in a big annual meeting, and he dropped everything and came to the shop. You know, and, and I remember that day. When he pulled up, and I, I was kind of outside waiting for him, and I remember just looking at him, and the gravity of what I had just went through, and what I had just experienced, it just hit me, and I just broke down. I broke down, bawling like a child. You know, the minute I saw him. And he had been around when, you know, I had some issues in life and whatever. So, so I you know, I guess, uh, you know, Pastor Jim was kind of a big, whether he knows it or not, kind of a big, big piece of my life also, you know. And after that many years of not talking to him and not going to church and living the way I live, you know, always with my faith, but, you know, a lot of people look human. At, a lot of people would look at me and just say, man, that guy ain't Christian. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah so I I found that very interesting very interesting for whatever it's worth that that I saw and I his words him telling me the moments that he told me and you're talking 30 years ago (coughs) and seeing his face telling me something or giving me advice about something that as if it was yesterday
0: so, so interesting. And that was the time before the last time. That was the time before the last time. The last time was, uh, you know, so, so that was that. You know. And, and then, I, what about the day in in between? Were you nauseous again, or did no it the day in between? I was fine. I actually went out and hung out with my friend, and it was, and, and we had
1: a really nice time. You know, It was very chill. Very, I, I probably. Probably one of the first days I felt normal in maybe years,
0: you know, where it was just like, it's a pretty big statement, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like, wake up, feel like doing something, you know, not moping around, not feeling heavy, you know, beautiful day out, you know. You know, I mean, every day. Even in, in my darkest moments, I wake up in the morning and I thank God I'm alive. And I go out and I enjoy a sunrise. And I and I try to set it, but just something in the brain that just starts weighing. That starts weighing, and no matter how you how hard you fight it, or or you know, I, I always love to say, "Fake it till you make it." You know fake the feel until you feel it, you know, I, uh, I live a lot like that. Um, it was the first day where I didn't have to fake it. Mm. I felt good. I felt good. And, and, you know, it's, it's a lot of change in a short period of time. It's a lot of, it's a lot to experience in a short period of time. So you're, you know, Even though I felt normal that day, a lot of processing. What does that mean? And and you start trying to overthink things. And it's just like, it's just life. Kind of got to take it as it comes and, and, uh, you know, repass memories and everything else. They happen, whatever. You know? You still have life in front of you, you know? And then you get to a point where, you know, you got more time behind me, (laughs) behind you, you get to a point in your life where there's more time behind you than there is in front of you. And, and you start wanting to make the best things that were important to you 10 years ago, you give two shits about now, you know, you know, I, you know, even when you worked with me, I was never money driven. You know, money's never driven me. Experience drives me. Feelings drive me. Relationships drive me. It's never been about the money. I mean, the money's nice. You don't have to think about a lot of stuff, you know. Just kind of cruise through it, but what's important isn't that, you know. Especially, like I said, you get to the point where there's more time behind you than there is in front of you. And so a lot of processing, a lot of experience, a lot of, you know, there's a window where, where it's just a lot, but, you know, um, last day I was happy. It was the last day. You know, it wasn't the greatest experience. The actual treatments weren't the greatest experience. They were freaking nauseating and trippy and, and made you anxious. You just never know where your mind's going to take you. And, It wasn't fun. But, uh, you know, at this point, I feel like pretty damn good. You know? So. And it's, and, 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 you know, I mean, it gets a little frustrating because why isn't this mainstream? You know? And I did a lot of research on it. I was listening to doctors from Yale talking about how ketamine therapy may be. One of the biggest breakthroughs in in the treatment of depression, you know, and why aren't they looking at it? Why isn't anybody putting any money in it? You know, why aren't they researching it? you know, apparently I, I understand that one of the pharmaceutical companies had split the molecule and put it in a nasal spray and has a new patent and you could get this nasal spray for depression under a doctor's supervision and and then you just you know you start realizing it's profit over people with, with a lot of these companies you know so so it's interesting obviously insurance doesn't cover up i tell you what I'm gonna walk my invoice into my insurance company and have a chat with them though You know, because I feel like people need to know that
0: maybe this is an option. So, so looking back, do you think that it was some type of a hormonal imbalance, or do you think it was some kind of? How do you think ketamine therapy, looking back, what it did to your mind, what it did? How do you think was the most? Okay. Effective. What I'm not. I'm not a doctor, expected? but when I when I go and I kind of kind of reflect on
1: the experience and some of the memories that came back that I have no memory of, basically, I, I've been living for many years with without those memories, and those memories came back to me. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a brain specialist. Do our minds shut that stuff out? We don't want to deal with it. Does it close it off? And how does that work? Question. How Do you just shut it down? Do you just turn the little faucets off in your head? <laughs> right? And never turn it back on? You know? Why do those memories go away? You know, so is it that we're 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 shutting down areas of our brain for survival, for survival, or for whatever reasons because it's bad. Yeah, you know, it's our it's our
0: it, body. And, and then what happens? What happens when you
1: shut those when you shut those off? What happens?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Do the little valves
1: rust. <laughs> you know, and then stress. I've always thrived on stress. You know? I mean, I would take up jobs that I knew would take every ounce of my being to be able to accomplish without the fear of doing it. And I put myself under that stress. Apparently, stress isn't that good for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Stress will create some health issues. And from a little bit, I read that, that stress is part of of uh, which messes up it messes up the other valves. So I don't know. Is that we're shutting down these valves and the ketamine all of a sudden is is
0: forcing some of those faucets open, getting some of those brain juices flowing? What it almost sounds like to me you know, is, I don't, I don't is don't. the mapping situation. What what I from listening to you, what it sounds like is that as we grow, we we have certain pathways that we that are open more than the other pathways that kind of take take over and we're used to using those pathways right. and it seems that when you take the ketamine it kind of makes it an even space and almost gives you almost takes those down and lets you kind of step back and subconsciously see a lot of the things that are going on and then allows you the opportunity to remap in a way where it's a positive Conscious, moving forward situation that gives you that that lightens your load because those paths that you were walking were were heavily trodden right. with with mud. <laughs> you know, I
1: mean, it almost feels like okay, so there's there's a blockage, and you know, the damn motor isn't running on all cylinders. You know, so. Take take a couple cylinders away from an engine. Being a car guy, I'm going to use that as, mm-hmm. as 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 my example. You know, you're still going to you're going to start burning more gas. You're going to run sluggish. You know,
0: so I don't know. But right now, you're feeling good.
1: You know, right now I'm feeling good. You know, check with me in a couple weeks. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm curious. You know, the my return on the investment. You know.
0: Well, how much of a price do you put on feeling good? I mean, it's um, a pretty big deal.
1: You know, it's... How much of a price in feeling good?
0: But from life experiences, what is the cost of feeling bad? Hmm. Almost like you can't afford it, but you can't afford not to have it. So that's... It's the, the cost of feeling
1: bad... From life experiences in, in what I've seen is the ultimate cost beyond the financial so um, so there you have it you know the cost the financial cost of feeling good it's whatever if you have the money spend it yeah you know The ultimate cost of feeling bad? Shit. Figure something out. Because it's not
0: always what it seems, you know? There's definitely... It's not always what it seems. A lot of people go down the road of a... Permanent answer for a temporary problem. For a temporary problem.
1: I've been fortunate enough in my life to since my 20s to know that I've had this, that I've had this issue. You know what I mean? And the pills, and then I don't like it, you know? The pros, I've never taken it, you know? So my drive and and my creativity and my business has always been my drug. But that also... Your work, you know, it's not necessarily a drug that's that's mind-altering, but it's still a drug. You become addicted to it. You become, what, workaholic Mm -hmm. and everything else, and and you don't get that life balance. So So overall, at this point, I'm a fan. Check with me in a couple weeks. (laughs) We can measure the return on the investment, you know. Um, you know could it be a placebo effect that I'm feeling right now because it was such an extreme thing such a, a an experience that I've never had who knows but I'm going to take advantage of that and, and, I'm, and I'm making some changes in, in what I do daily you know well, I try to go to bed and I try to keep a, a regular sleep schedule even though I'm not working you know try to get up and do things put a list of some simple goals together and and that list gets longer the farther away I get from my experience, you know, actually get up and get some stuff done and, and, uh, um, reaching out more relationships, friends, you know, a, a lot of the things that, that, that depression steals from you. You don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want to see nobody. And, and, all of that stuff I'm fixing, you know. As a matter of fact, I got a text from a, uh, from, a uh, from a girl that worked with us for many, many, many years. Really, you know, she worked with us when she was really young. And, and she reached out to me and she was just like, so glad you reached out. And we, we had an opportunity to talk or, and chat. And, and, and it's something that I probably, you know, six months ago I probably would have ignored it. You know, so. So, when so. so, you're still dealing with things, you know? I mean, I feel like I've been a horrible friend to a lot of people that I love, that that are part of my life, that just because I wasn't feeling good, I didn't reach out to them, I didn't want to talk to them, I didn't want to, you know. And like I said, in between all this, there's still real life stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, they look different. You know, you're going to get through them. You're going know. to,
0: overcome them so so right now yeah it's going to be therapy <laughs> I, the last question I have about that so is it that the highs so sometimes when you when you take away the lows you're also taking away the highs you know so it, you're kind of mind numbing in a way now do you feel that since you do feel better do you is there that correlation between the lows and the highs? Or are you still getting the highs, but you just don't have the lows? Um, you know, the lows are still there. I mean, real life
1: shit is still going on in my life. You know, I'm still not working. You know, I'm still, but it, it, uh, you know, it's there. And I, and I think I'm very careful right now. You know, because because I'm, I, you know, at this point, I don't want to set myself up for a big falling. You know. So, to keep it real simple, I feel good. You know. I'm I'm making adjustments in in what I need to do while I feel this way. And hopefully that continues to, you know, you just, you know, it's it's like you, you hit a threshold that just makes it that much harder to pull yourself out. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you just have to be careful. So and it's, it's, I find it very interesting to sit here and talk about it. I mean, I would, I would love some input from, from a brain doctor, you know, to tell me what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and what was all that. And why do I feel good?
0: Right. What are the physiological processes? What are the, what are the physio- Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and at the same time, because of my faith, I would like to hear a, a pastor's take on this. You know? Because I tried going to church, I tried reading my Bible, I tried getting around Christian people. I tried doing everything that my faith tells me to do, and I couldn't. You know, does that make me a failure Christian? Am I not putting my whole heart into it? I don't think so. I think there's more to it than that. The fact that the way I felt after the first thing I did is going to God and asking him, is this cool? Am I doing the right thing? And and what I felt, and even though I was on on the ketamine at the time, what I felt, and what I feel right now, after this much time from the first day, it's okay, you know. And I guess you know a lot of these things get discovered, and and uh, you know God, God's still in control of everything. So, like so God God is the one that places the doctors. You know, God knows what we're supposed to be doing in our lives, where we're gonna end up, and where we end up before we're even born. So so I I think that quite honestly this was put in place as a as a tool on this earth. To, to help, you know, like I said, two, three weeks from now, a month from now, this, this could be a whole other story, you know, I could, I could come in here and I could say, yeah, that was a waste of money. But, uh, and and not to be negative about it, I'm just trying to be a realist, but I don't think so. I
0: think it's, I think it's all good. I think it's all good. I feel good. It's, uh... So if you had one message for people listening, they're pissed off, they're upset, they're driving home, they don't know what... If they're suffering from depression, what message can you give to them? Reach out to somebody. Talk to somebody. You know.
1: Understand that it's it's not... I mean a lot of people have, it, you know. So driving here, I was uncomfortable with this. You know? It's a big deal. But it is what it is. You know? Does it does it change who I am? You know what? It is who I am. You know, there may be some great parts about me because I've suffered from this. A long time, you know. Um, so who knows? You know, I'm not real analytical, I don't like to go too deep. You know, I don't like to go too deep,
0: but it, it makes me feel good to hear you say that. It really does, man, because because that is, in my mind, the ticket to purpose. It is the, the transformative power of suffering. You experience shitty. Happenings in your life, and it sucks. But the ladder to climb out is riddled with helping others, with right. using that as as a way to perpetuate some way to get over right. that. It's the ladder to climb out, and that's it's who we become, and it becomes part of us and who we are. Good shit. It, it, it's good <laughs> shit, man. And and that being said. I want to thank you again for coming here. I know it was a no, hard situation. I know, I know you had to struggle with that, and I appreciate it. I think you did the right thing, and I think that there are people out there that will be listening to this that you will have made an impact. Your story will have made an impact. You know, it's it's. I've experienced it. I know what it is, and
1: uh, sure, if it keeps one person from taking something too far I'm good with that
0: you know awesome well thank you again for your time and stopping by man Um, we're gonna have another shot of tequila very soon let's do it and to whoever's listening to the move podcast thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you again soon sayonara sayonara